0: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs This is episode number 400 I'm your host Duncan McLeish Welcome to the show Up on episode 400 we're kicking off That's right, it's time It's time It's Vader time It's not Vader time, it's summer series time That's a outdated wrestling reference And that shows my age And I don't care Yeah, it's summer Series time. We are kicking it off for 2022. 10 weeks of podcast content spanning 40 episodes and covering a plethora of movies with umpteen guest hosts from many time zones all over this globe. I'm incredibly excited to be bringing this back now before we get into anything too spurious or too detail heavy. Let's basically give you an intro to what we're doing this year. I will try and keep this brief, but essentially we are picking our third seeded pick for each year from 1970 through to 2009. The goal is making sure that those third picks are in place for the massive Thunderdome Roundtable. Huge event that will be coming your way as Summer Series 2023 concludes This epic run that we've been doing now for six years as it stands just now. So yeah, we are picking movies that may have almost made the original series runs but didn't quite. There are, of course, new entries depending on how the hosts pick. And ultimately what you're going to get is a ton of bants, a ton of confrontation, a ton of jollies and also some mysterious shit as we go along. Now, as always... I have complicated things to levels that make no sense to anyone except myself and to be honest they don't make much sense to me, but as you work through this season, hopefully you enjoy the content we are bringing you. Now, with all that being said, there are two special runs in this summer series where I picked four mystery guest hosts that were not announced that have recorded their episodes, that have kept their cards close to their chest that no one knows anything about. And guess what? The Zero episode, as I'm calling every episode that drops this week, i.e. 1970, 1980, 1990 and 2000 respectively, they all have a special secret guest host on each episode. Those hosts will be returning in the O5 episodes as well, just to create further confusion. So, yeah, not even the resident hosts for this series know who the people are that are involved. And then on top of that, just to add extra spice none of the hosts know out with the ones that have recorded their episodes what the other episodes have selected to go through so they are going into this as blind as you are listeners the point being that they too will have to listen to the episode to hear where things fall out now this year no adjudicators this year no people's council this is a pure simple process of picking the third seeded movie that is it There will be less movie reviews overall, however, we are covering a larger time frame. So what that means is every day this week, minus a Thursday, a Saturday and a Sunday, so that's technically four days this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, you're going to get a summer series episode and that is going to be the case for the next 10 weeks. The 70s episodes will be done on a Monday, the 80s episodes will be done on a Tuesday, the 90s episodes will be done on a Wednesday and then the naughties or zero episodes will be done on a Friday Um, so yeah that's your lineup. bonus episodes as always will drop on Thursdays and uh, you usually get your arrow video assortments in 88 films in a weird cycle anyway so they will be as advertised so that's you all kind of caught up and so it's exciting to be kicking off this very first episode looking at 1970 only two movies to play with on this episode and a special secret guest host that no one knows anything about. So sit back in your comfy chair, get yourself ready to rock and strap yourself in one more time as we go round and round the horror houses, bringing you a brand new summer series for 2022. Ladies and gents, welcome to the summer series, welcome to the podcast under the stairs, and of course, welcome to 1970.
1: You see that crack?
2: All that horror crap, things coming out of crates and eating people, dead people coming back to life, people turning into weeds for Christ's sake.
0: Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you
2: want to reading that stuff?
0: Well, no, but... All right,
1: then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and... Tonight I'm going to sh- show you something. You are mine. You are mine every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by the simple act of annihilation murder my murder Play, dumb dick. Here we are I believe in the life eternal, as promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Boy. 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 What do you want? This simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's got an heart! Most of all, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Here we are, Ted! Hey, Ted, where the hell is Sports God Goddamn motherfucker, got blood all over my best clown suit! <laughs> You bitch! You filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut off his legs and his arm and his head, and I'm gonna do the same to you.
0: And welcome back ladies and gents. So here we are, the very first episode of our summer series 2022. Oh, I know you're thinking to yourself, Duncan, how can we handle all this content? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I'm not gonna tell you to live your life. I'm just gonna say clear some space every day so you can follow the episodes as they drop every single day. This is the very first episode which means we're turning our attention to 1970 and on top of that this whole week you will be getting episodes with the number zero in them. So today, 1970. Tomorrow, 1980. On Wednesday, 1990. And then on Friday, you'll be getting the year 2000. This one's also kind of special as well, because this contains one of my secret four hosts. Now, the other lists of hosts have been published out there, and it'll be collective recordings of myself sitting down with a plethora of voices. However, on this, particular show the zero show and the five show i will have four special guests joining me they have weirdly managed to keep their 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 mouths closed for podcasters that's a difficult thing to do and um, have not revealed their identities on the run-up to this nor have they revealed their movies or anything so you guys really don't know what names are coming now they will be appearing on this episode and the five one but they will be swapping the years around i.e if someone is doing this episode in 1970 that does not mean that they're doing 1975 they'll be doing a different year on the five show the first person to grace the summer series in 2022 is making his return after a i want to say three year stint away from summer series but was certainly one of the original voices way back in the day doing uh, the 70s run and the 80s run before realizing that maybe there was a, a quality drop-off in the 90s he is one half of cinema psyops he's my very good friend and i know friend of yours as well court psyops how's it going super secret appearance
2: <laughs> like the hi first everybody one,
0: <laughs> the first one as well that's the, that's the thing you're the the first voice in the secret run of four episodes this week so just blown minds right now
2: yeah, and you kind of nailed it um, when I went through the '90s, and I was like, "Wow, I hate everything that all these people are praising." Yep. that are with me on this, and I think even the roundtable at the '90s, I'm like, "Yeah, that one sucks. Yeah, that one sucks." And it, I had you nothing were honest with me. At
0: least you were honest with me. You, you were like, you were upfront, honest with me, and you were like, "That listen, I will be a total curmudgeon this entire summer series, and I don't want to be that guy." So, you know got like go on without me Duncan um so well, yeah because yeah, the 20 aughts were a fucking
2: desert land and I lived yeah. through that shit yeah. of being a horror fanatic and just constantly hating everything and like almost gave up on horror almost mm-hmm. but I, I found solace in the older films that I absolutely loved and definitely went to the more foreign uh markets mm-hmm. like that's basically what your 2000 series was it was, mostly, was yeah, it was mostly yeah
0: was. it was mostly foreign horror movies that kind of elevated and topped the list so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i i
2: did and i did i had nothing great to say about like <laughs> shit like like even like i know what you did last summer in the 90s and everything and when we got into the remakes of the 20 odds i was like duncan i i would love to sit here and be an argumentative prick and tell everyone why they're wrong about all these <laughs> films but I just don't have the time to fight seven people verbally at once. I'm just not gonna do yeah.
0: it. Also, it's not great for blood pressure. Yeah, you know I mean, it's just <laughs> like in general. That's like there's nothing worse than dedicating an entire summer to sit down and watch movies you knowingly dislike. I mean, that's that. I, I mean. <laughs> You know, yeah, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't hate watch that
2: much stuff. Like I have enough of an issue with heart trouble in my family that I know that that
0: probably would have taken me out. <laughs> I'd want to be the guy to put you down. So, um, but like you were on the original '70s run, so this could be very, very, very interesting, Mister Psyops. We have come in with two movies now. What we're trying to do this season is essentially fill out that thumb spot. So we had two movies that were confirmed. 1970 that went through comfortably um, from those recordings and you know took their place amongst the top two. Since then in the last summer series run I ended up foolishly allowing three movies to go through and as a result to do next year's massive Thunderdome episode where we pitch every year against each other to create a huge list of movies I physically can't do that until I round out the remaining movies on the list it's just the way things roll now 1970 In hindsight we nailed one movie down as I would I would say it's like probably the best movie from 1970 the second movie in hindsight though kinda embarrassed about because I don't think it holds up so the original two movies that went through for 1970 were bird with a crystal plumage you know what I mean which is like I mean a, a yeah go ahead and argue that asshole. Yeah. i dare yeah you can't you can't it's like it's like it, j- it changed the face and landscape of cinema for like four years after it the one that i'm maybe not as proud of now is count yorga vampire um I, th- there's a hangover in this year from stuff from the 60s the 70s contains a lot of movies that that still feel like 60s movies and it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination but looking back on that original list of movies there are better movies there and i think i was so euphoric about getting bored with the crystal plumage through i just kind of didn't care what the second movie was i was like i don't i've got i got mine and that's all that matters um so i don't
2: think i'm responsible for the count yorga one because i don't think i was on the 1970s i you were not not on seven
0: yorga yeah Yeah, i would not have pushed for count (laughs) yorgo for some of the other stuff that was available i I have no idea how it got through Um, And like you see, looking at the two movies that we have to chat here, both movies are better than Count Yorga, so it's just something that we have to live with, uh, or something (laughs) I have to live with, and when it makes the final Thunderdome next year, um, I will have to justify in some weird shape or form when every other host is like, why am I watching this, Duncan? And I my
2: advice do... to you is to blame the co-host that was on that episode, mm-hmm. that it's all their fault that it was Count Yorga, and dump it all on them and just throw them completely under like a herd of buses.
0: I like that idea, and I will do that. That sounds like that. that sounds like the, the... the reason Matt's on my show, my man, <laughs> so I can <laughs> throw him under the bus at all times. Uh, we have two movies to discuss here, like I say, that are better than Count Yorga. Um, it will be interesting <laughs> to see, <laughs> we will be able to see... Uh...
2: The, my ar-
0: My argument for
2: which one goes through at this point becomes null and void because the one thing that I needed you to say on this
0: episode, you have said, and I'm I'm good now. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. It's like yeah. Hey, listen, I aim to please. Um, So we've got two movies to discuss here. Each of us have picked that movie. At the end of this episode, we will have a movie which will sit as the third place moving forward. And we picked two very different movies, um, but really indicative, actually, of the time one of them made its way to the glorious video nasties list and the other one marks a kind of weird turning point for one of uh, horrors strongest villainous actors of all time Um so with that let's review the movies and um, I picked Mark of the devil court picked taste the blood of Dracula they'll be gone head-to-head and we'll see where we end at the end as always I will give some information about the movie a little bit of cast synopsis and some trivia as all plucked from imdb we'll start with my pick which is mark of the devil directed by michael armstrong and adrian hoven who's uncredited this one had a pretty troublesome production with the director being all but ousted from the project in favor of of hoven uh, kind of taking over but michael armstrong also kind of wrote the play along with adrian hogan as well synopsis here is in 1700s austria a witch hunter's apprentice has doubts about the righteousness of witch hunting when he witnesses the brutality the injustice the falsehood the torture and the arbitrary killing that go on the job or with the job <laughs> with the job says better than on the job um this movie stars herbert Lom, the great herbert Lom, the greek udo Kier who looks so young in this movie it's fucking scary. Um, Olivera, Catriona, Reggie, Nadler and Herbert Fox. Uh, Trivia here um, and this is true trivia because it's on IMDb no one makes up shit on IMDb. Um, When this movie played at theatres, sub patrons, uh, depending on which theaters you went, were given free vomit bags um, the U.S. distributors of this film—wait <laughs> for this—Hallmark Releasing advertised it as a guarantee to make you sick film and backed it up with thousands of vomit bags advertising the film, which go for a fucking fortune if you didn't vomit it when you saw it.
2: Uh, like, <laughs> Which chances are you did not, unless you had the weakest stomach ever. I, I would
0: like to think so, I, you know, but you never, you never know. We are still in a situation just now that I, I read things like, you know, several patrons passed out when watching Crimes of the Future, the new Cronenberg film. And I'm like, really? Did they? Did they actually? And if they did, like, what did they expect? It's fucking Cronenberg. Like at this stage. Why are you walking into that movie? I don't know. Anyway, um, the original ending was supernatural with the dead rising and pulling Christian into the abyss. But the second director hated it, <laughs> which is a theme in this production, and had the negatives destroyed. The only remaining footage are still that can still be seen are on the DVD release. Um, And for the metalheads out there like myself, Electric Wizard, a doom metal band from Dorset, England, the least doom metal place on the planet, uh, used multiple samples from this film in its seminal Dope Throne record released in 2000. The band also dedicated the song I, the Witchfinder, to the movie, telling the story of an evil witchfinder falsely accusing people of witchcraft. Um, after it was already censored for its theatrical release the film was banned in Germany (laughs) as you do uh, and from its release um, in the 1980s until 2016 which was when that film finally got off the banned list in America only then the banishment was lifted after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 this was the second time it had been achieved And then the last bit of deets on this one, originally Michael Reeves was set to direct this film, but he died shortly after production was set to begin. The producers then decided to hire Michael Armstrong, who had worked with Reeves as an assistant on Witchfinder General from 1968, which everyone could argue had that movie not existed, then Mark of the Devil wouldn't as well um let me let me state my claim to why i've picked this one Court iops and then i will sit down brace myself for the rebuttal key key phrase there and emphasis on the word but um <laughs> okay brace myself um so yeah like i've chose mark of the devil because i think this movie in a lot of respects is a grubby, nasty little piece of work. Like, really, even for 1970, this one's pushing boundaries um, and and the levels of comfort that you can get from a movie. It kind of almost feels like someone watched Witchfinder General, i.e. the people that made the movie, and was like, this is a nasty film. Let's make a nastier movie, and then say about it. Um, let's show the actual scenes of torture in gruesome
2: detail but do nothing to change anything else about the story of Witchfinder general that's the same story yeah it's the same this is this is how horror works like literally if there's like control c control v names replace hopkins with somebody else
0: yep yep and then we're like that so how do we differentiate it well we have more torture in it yes that'll make our movie different um (laughs) let's put actual scenes of tits and tongues being ripped out dude some of the torture devices in this are gruesome as fuck like the worst are accurate you get, too yeah, by the, the way that's yeah, one thing on the market side yeah, yeah like the the worst thing that you maybe see in Witchfinder finder general out with the you know the drowning um which is handled kind of interestingly in that movie or even the needle well i was going to say even the burning is a needle prick that you get, which the, the camera really is quite lurid on that. Mark of the Devil is just a different beast entirely. It just kind of really leans into like a, a lot of the apparatus that was used at the time, um, and it makes it like, like incredibly uncomfortable to to watch. On top of that as well, it, it, it somehow manages to, and this might be sacrilege, I love Vincent Price's, like maybe my favourite Vincent Price performance is Witchfinder General, but this one has a, a double bill of, of incredible performances here by Udo Kier, uh, who plays Kent Christian, um, but Herbert Lorm, um, who's a fucking phenomenal character actor who sadly to this day will most notably be known for his performances in the Pink Panther movies by um, uh, Richard Richard Blake? Richard Blake, Robert Blake, it doesn't matter. Um, but he's, he's probably more notable for that and a lot of people will have overlooked a ton of his genre stuff that he actually did. And he is so evil in this movie. It's unfucking believable. Um, and kind of gleefully evil. Uh, that, you know, it so really is a powerhouse performance. There's a part of me that has grown into this movie over time. Like, the first time I watched it, I found it, like, genuinely, genuinely un- unpleasant with very little, if, if any, redeeming features. But what's well, kind of work with me as I've got older is, and I don't think this was an intention of the filmmakers at all but the idea of male oppression over uh, over women um, as a potential this is where we could be heading, again um, is, is kind of highlighted really well in Mark of the Devil Like, see when men are not held accountable for anything at all um and can act upon their whims um this is where the world takes us people (laughs) like this is right here (laughs) like mark of the devil that's what it does um and yeah i don't think that they intentionally
2: put that message in there i think the message got sideloaded in in the fact that they just showed things pretty much how they went oh yeah in the witchcraft trial days and how it was essentially just men lording their power over women and destroying them if they didn't do what they wanted
0: yeah, yeah, they're like there they could be little to no provocation at all for for the the, the punishments that are, are wielded out. Um, it Infamously, made the video nasties list, and to be honest with you, this is one that I can actually chart why it would be on the. There are some movies on that nasty list that defy any any like any like justificational reason for being on a a, a list that anyone would start to say maybe this is in bad taste for for viewers, right? Mark of the Devil, uh, you know, it's one of those movies that that kind of lures over it, it, its torture, unash- like, unashamed to remove the camera, like you mentioned earlier on, Court. I, I really just kind of fixates on it. And I can see if you are not accustomed to that, it could be quite jarring. Once again, I don't think you're going to fucking vomit, but, you know, each to their own. Um...
2: I, yeah, I i mean lo- all you have to do is look away for certain moments and oh, it's really yeah, not that I mean? bad
0: cover your eyes <laughs> like, that's a- yeah.
2: if you feel queasy stop looking at the screen for yeah. a second
0: yeah check your watch or what's in your bag um you know there's there's <laughs> there's various different ways to get around this um it, like we've mentioned before it essentially follows a lot of the beats of uh witchfinder general which is a movie i love so i'm essentially getting movie that i love with great actors that just so happens to be a bit more violent um so i I do love that aspect as well um and i think overall like i say it's a movie that i've weirdly i've weirdly come around on i think there's a there's there's a bit of this to me feels like the first proper stab at a movie from the 1970s this uh, to me feels like a directional change that cinema is about to go on within two years we have last house on the left within two years after that we have texas Chainsaw massacre and then we're off to the fucking races with the violence um so this kind of feels like out of all those movies that are on that list that we originally covered in the 1970s mark of the devil is the one that i think from an american point of view and this is not an american movie but from an american point of view it's kind of predicting where a lot of that cinema is going to go in terms of just like graphic violence and cinema um, and weirdly it's you know, like I said before it's a it's a, a German finance movie so like <laughs> you know I mean it's a German finance movie which was banned in Germany until 2016 well played Germany well played um, so yeah I've got I've got a huge amount of time for this movie is woefully underseen. I know it made its way to Shudder last year and then there was just articles after articles of people who were discovering this movie. And got how have I never heard of this? And I was like, how would you have heard of it? Unless you were physically going to look for Mark of the Devil, how would you ever hear of it? Because no one fucking talks about it. Court, you, <laughs> I imagine this wasn't a first time watch for you. I know you, like myself, are a connoisseur of the, the dark arts of cinema. So I, I can't imagine that Mark of the Devil was your first time watch for this. Um...
2: The first time that I watched this was when Blue Underground released it on DVD. I think it was like 2004-ish. <sighs> I bought it without knowing a fuck all about the movie, just based on the fact that it was a Blue Underground release. And I basically purchased it and then went and looked the movie up to see what did I just do <laughs> <laughs> And um, before I watched it. And then I was like, oh, oh. Oh oh and I was like, okay, so basically a front runner to what some folks use as the derogatory term of torture porn yeah right? that's basically yes. what' all
0: in yeah, yeah yeah
2: it's it's supposed to be a front runner for that and if we were on Boz's show, he would beep that out so I have to mention that for him um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I kind of watched it under the guise of okay well this was designed to be or is marketed to be this salacious exploitative, like it's like hey this is a trash film that will make you puke this is a puke movie this is going to make you the sickest fucker on the face of this earth for liking this film yeah and so having bought the dvd just based on the cover which is what i was expecting it to be having that confirmed by looking up the film and reading some of the (laughs) stuff about it just slightly before watching it and then going ahead and watching it and having all of those things basically confirmed um I'd never really watched it again. I was just like, wow, I don't really need to go and sit through this again. Yeah. Because it's a it's mean spirited. The film hundred oh, percent it, it leeringly takes looks at torture and degradation and violence towards women. And you have to be either someone who A gets off on it, which I suspect whoever set up those shots and leeringly mm. watched this stuff may actually get off on that sort of thing. Or you have to be the kind of person or in the kind of mood to want to be shockingly horrified and disgusted to watch the movie. Like, that's what the movie's telling you it's made for. Yep. And it's not lying. The marketing was brilliant because they're like, hey, this is a piece of fucking trash that'll make you puke. Why
0: don't you watch it, you shithead? Well, they literally copy, like, within two years, they're copying the same for Last House on the Left. You know what I mean like vomit bags distributed with that or like explicit warnings that you know it's only a movie it's only a movie it's only a movie you know like drilling down the the kind of the fact that this movie is designed for one purpose and that is to to make you upset or hurl one of the two which I will say when you throw up you tend to be upset so 'Cause the one yeah. I think actively enjoys throwing up. Um but yeah, like yeah. It, like it's a it's a it's the start of a, like a turn, which is really really weird because Herschel Gordon Lewis wasn't doing that. Setting, like, his grubby gory little movies weren't coming with you know you're gonna vom when you watch this and you know like this is a trash fest. Even though people did actually vomit at the drive-in on the of
2: first screening of blood feast. Yeah. <laughs> of course they did. He wasn't trying to sell you that he was like hey look there's blood gore and tits let's go go
0: yeah <laughs> mm. so so let, 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 let me let's 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 swing this so you, you had so you had one. so is this like essentially you revisiting it for this series then first time since this is literally yeah day? watching Witchfinder general i busted out that old dusty dvd and
2: this is the first time i watched it after that initial watching because i never had the urge to ever watch it again Mm. i never really did so i had to dust off my my feelings of disgust at watching the film because that's what the film wants me Mm -hmm. to feel is disgusted by it and and why they would even do such a thing and i had to just kind of watch it with the reviewer mindset and just detach myself from it and you know like i was like okay i can't let this work on me i have to actually sit back and assess the film as a film itself because that's what you ask of me yes and and having said that i feel that this is basically the cannibal pharaoh to Witchfinder general's cannibal holocaust
0: ah nice nice i like it it's not far off it to be honest it comes in fairly close proximity and it's most operandi is to basically outdo what the previous movie did. Yeah.
2: To out sick what Witchfinder general did because it's, and it's not just because Witchfinder general and these types of inquisition stories are very similar because you can take the framework of an inquisition story and you can take the violence, the degradation and just the fucking vile, disgusting behavior that took place. And you can still frame a very moving and in depth, study of a witch finder general and their ideals of what they think, especially if you follow one who thinks they're actually doing the right thing. And then you can, you can also throw in the supernatural stuff where maybe the devil does finally act, or you can all have it be where it's in everybody's fucking mind. Like it actually was say in the Salem witchcraft trial days. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that I'm mentioning that is because I have to like sideload into mention of inquisition with Paul Nashie, which I feel is the best (laughs) inquisition film that covers Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff so everybody go out and find inquisition if you want to know a little bit more about that era but you want to feel a little bit better off about yourself after you watch it because even witchfinder general is going to make you feel awful for watching it yeah yeah like not as bad as mark of the devil
0: (laughs) yeah yeah um also on top of that when you're going down that rabbit hole if you want to avoid some of jess franco's um inquisition movies that's fine (laughs) don't feel that you need to deep dive that far because those movies can be a slog. Well, uh, any time I can steer
2: people towards a Paul Nashie movie, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course, it's a sensible move. It's an appropriate move, one would argue. Uh, right, let's let's put a pin on this one, then, and let's turn our attention to Taste the Blood of Dracula, which is directed by Peter Cidsey, Um It is based on the screenplay by Anthony Hines, and, of course, based on the character by Bram Stoker himself. Uh, synopsis for this one is Three distinguished English gentlemen <laughs> Can, is that oxymoronic? Can you have a distinguished English gentleman? That's right, I'm Scottish, I can see that Shots fired um, Accidentally resurrect Count Dracula Killing a, <laughs> killing a, a, a disciple in this process um, The Count seeks to avenge his dead servant By making the trio die the hands of their own children and uh, the cast is this one as you can imagine is christopher lee we have jeffrey keen gwen watford linda hayden peter salas anthony higgins and ilsa blair um, some trivia for this one the film was originally not going to feature dracula at all much like the brides of dracula from 1960 Mostly due to the fact that Christopher Lee was becoming increasingly reluctant to reprise the role and the producers not expecting to be able to convince him to do so. Lee's increasing salary demands were also a factor. Ralph Bates, who would have played the lead, um, and the script was rewritten to include Dracula after the producers were finally able to coax Lee back into the role after Warner 7 Arts refused to back the movie without the actor's participation. Um, Some of the writers claimed that Vincent Price was going to play the fourth member of William Hargoods, played by Geoffrey Keane's Thrill Seekers, but budget cuts removed the character, so his part was shared amongst John Carson, Peter Salas and Keane. One of the few Hammer Dracula films that was actually rated or Taste the Blood of Dracula was not only able to push the envelope in its depiction of nudity and violence, but also as dark as well. Interestingly enough I love this idea that you know Christopher Lee was starting to get fatigued on Dracula. This is one of four Dracula movies he did this year though. Um, (laughs) He played Count Dracula in this movie, in the movie Count Dracula, um, the movie One More Time and Scars of Dracula. So you know not want to be typecast as Dracula at all. Try to move away from it i don't
2: think it was so much that being typecast as dracula he just got so tired of how far afield of the actual text oh, the, the, some of the
0: dialogue. Yep. Yeah. oh some of the dialogue in these movies like towards towards his ultimately reprising the role minus dialogue which is like which is like the, the only time i've seen that in recent memory is that Nicolas cage movie wally's world where uh um, where he plays that whole role silent <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost as if there was a script written. Cage decided he wasn't going to do it, and the, or, or he didn't tell them, and he just showed up and just did the lines. And they were like, "This is magic. Keep the cameras rolling." Um, <laughs> there, there, there's a part of that that just that that does make me smile quite a bit. Um, last thing I will say about this one. Uh, although a direct sequel to Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, Michael Ripper appears in both films as different characters. He would also go on to feature in the next of the series, which was Scars of Dracula, as a third character, although that film is also not a direct sequel. Why are you trying to make sense of the Hammer Dracula films, IMDb? There ain't no sense! Leave them <laughs> be! They're all well, this own... one follows Dracula has risen
2: from the grave and how he dies there, sort of. But... Kinda, yeah, kinda, yeah. Kinda. Is, but is... I mean, even Dracula has risen from the grave jumps from a different time frame and different village and all yeah. that bullshit anyway. So, yeah, don't try to make sense of them. Just watch them and enjoy them while they're on screen. For yeah, this is sake.
0: this is not this is not the series to Red Web on the Wall. You know what I mean? That's that's <laughs> a fool's end. I mean, it has, it has the same like that. This is like you know, kind of takes up from the previous film the same way something like Army of Darkness takes off to the Evil Dead. When you're watching that, at the beginning you're like, "That's not how Evil Dead Two finished." Like, like, like why is he in chains? We praising him five minutes ago. Um, it's the same sort of thing. They just recontextualize. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna pick it. Uh, right, Court psyops the The ball is in your court. Uh, I I don't even know if that is an American sports vernacular or if that is a British one to do with Dennis, but we're going to roll with it anyway um, because I know both of us diehard sports fans. That's one thing you know about (laughs) Court and Duncan. No sports. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
2: I have to keep it a secret that I was doing this appearance, but I'm not going to fucking lie about loving sports just to keep the show moving smoothly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Yeah, go for Uh, it i am a hammer fanatic and i am unapologetically a hammer fanatic Mm -hmm. now i 100 percent will acknowledge that by the time we hit 1970 hammer started going into decline Uh, yep (laughs) they were not paying as much attention to the subtext and they were getting way more involved with the tits and ass and blood and guts now i have no problem with that at all Mm -hmm. but the way that they do it, I feel like Taste the Blood of Dracula is pretty much the demarcation point, where in the Dracula series, they did it. Now, they would do other films that were a little sleazier or had a little more nudity or um, would have like themes of incest in them, like Demons in the mind and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They would play around with other films like that and just kind of dip their toe in. But their Dracula and Frankenstein series, up until about the 70s, they kept this straight line of... Just keep the stories going as they are and make them, you know, a little more gross or a little more salacious with, you know, the, the push up dresses and stuff like that. But we'll still put some stories and some stuff that you can chomp your teeth into and enjoy. And it seems like in about 1970, both the Frankenstein series and the. <laughs> dracula series we're like oh while we're at it why don't we have them start raping people like they did with frankenstein like for no reason at all frankenstein's just going to start raping women for no reason other than just the salaciousness of it Mm. and then in this one we have three gentlemen who are essentially on their way to try and find the cenobite box you know the (laughs) the lamar shot convent like uh configuration is waiting for them somewhere because this is what they're doing they're thrill seekers they're going out they're trying to find like the more most outrageous sinning awful thing that they can they're yeah. their own little hellfire club mm-hmm. and the thing that i really love about this in particular for this film is they also pretend to be during daylight hours and on sunday the most pious and the most worshipful they also exert so much control over their children's lives because they don't want their children to turn out like the monsters that they have become Mm-hmm and this very nature of who they are and this dual identity is what sets them up and allows them to be able to be victims of dracula's revenge because the guy that was brought into them is like oh you think you're sinning well let me show you how to sin you know yeah (laughs) and we'll we'll touch on that at another appearance too on how you should actually be sinning versus how they think what sin is (laughs) but anyway um I, I, I love that the guy comes in. He basically is this dude who is a kept man at the brothel that these guys have to pay so much for. And he's like this violent asshole that just takes over. And they follow him because they're bored. They're numb. They're waiting for that box to open. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he opens the fucking puzzle box for them. He uses these assholes to resurrect Dracula. But they freak out whenever the, the, the little ceremony doesn't go the way that they want. They murder the motherfucker. Than Dracula's Revenge, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, very basic, very simplistic story, but there's still a little touch of that hammer flare in it where you see that the sins of the fathers are what ends up being visited onto the children, and then the children being used to exact the revenge by basically rebelling against the parents. There's still a lot more dynamic and storytelling in this film if you dig in, but most people are just going to like the blood, the sex, and the gore and everything that's in it. Because that's where Hammer's going at this point. So this really, f- this is the
0: mark of the decline.
2: Because Scars is so much worse than this one.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Scars. If memory says, Scars is the one where Christopher Lee doesn't talk. Isn't that right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Because he's just like, oh fuck you all. I'm tired. He's like, I've an eye. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like this horse can no longer stand. Let's let's stop beating it. Um, you know. <laughs> Basically, I, I, yes. Yeah. I, I'm kind of. The thing is, I. I hadn't seen this one since the '70s run that we did way back in the day, and this one actually—I have a lot of fondness for this, mostly not to do with Lee's performance. I like Lee is using kind of proxies in this one more than actually being like the big bad, so to speak. And I think that's maybe a, a slightly smarter way to move to use him overall because his heart's not really in this movie. So the setup and the execution, the idea, to me. Puts a, a, a different spin on what we've seen before, and that's kind of what I want from my Dracula movies from Hammer so far into their run of Dracula movies. Is them trying to do something a little bit different, and it can be, it can be quite ghoulish at times. And you know, you like I said, it, it, it certainly pushes the boundaries of what you would have seen in these movies before. It's hard to argue this isn't the start of the decline because within, what, six, seven years after this, Hammer closes its doors um, and it's gone. Like like a studio institution that had dominated the landscape for the best part of 20-odd years just disappears uh, because they make a series of very, very, very poor choices. Um, And instead of kind of focusing down on the, the quality, they go for the quantity and the essentially try and push the boundaries of what is maybe acceptable in story and that unfortunately will have diminishing returns every time you do it and every studio goes through that every studio that is trying to push things away from the core of trying to get you know your hardcore audience in but also reach to your your people that are are, are parser buys that have a passing interest in your genre that's how you keep things afloat if you only pander to like a very 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 small niche hardcore unless you're spending pennies making your movie and pennies marketing your movie your studio will close um the performances in this are really good i i like the comeuppance i think all that works out like surprisingly well i think my biggest gripe with with blood of dracula i think comes down a couple of uh, a couple of ways to I kind of feel on some level this does feel a little bit of a cynical movie for, you know, like to me it does kind of feel like, well, you know especially when you know a bit more of the background of the movie it's kind of obvious Lee's been written into this one Uh, and whilst I don't like his like huge um, appearance in terms of scenes or time in this movie it does kind of feel like this could have been a movie without Christopher Lee and, you know I don't think it would be any worse off for it. I think like they should have almost had, and it's not them that's pulling the trigger on that one. Once again, it's the studio, but I think you could have done that, um, and it, you know it would have worked just as as well. I like when I see Christopher Lee's Dracula, I just want him to be more involved, and the movie is kind of holding back on that. I also kind of think at times it kind of toes the line, like you say, that the the parents are so overbearing with our kids in this one that the comeuppance is kind of great and i i love that aspect but it to me it doesn't have the it doesn't have the kind of the, the, the kind of the meanness at times of something like theater of blood where we are getting you know vengeance wrought by someone by someone wronged um and that one's played more as a horror comedy but it's arguably <laughs> like a, a much more a much more full-on exercise and, and, and kind of comeuppance. So you don't quite get that either. I think some scenes in this movie feel a bit cheap, even by Hammer standards. Definitely not as cheap as what is about to come. Uh, and quote can back me up here as, a, as someone that's went through them. Things get... The scars of Dracula. Yeah, things get uber cheap, uber quick. Um, so, I, I you <laughs> know, I kind of... It kind of... It works on a few levels for me. It's probably... In terms of, of, of Hammer, Dracula movies, it's probably the last one where I think they get all the stuff in the right place, roughly, compared to some of the previous ones, which are you know you've got you've got some incredible works in there. Um, it's the it's kind of it's the last it's the last bastion of of what once was a proud tradition of a studio, but it's a it's a. In my eyes, it's, it, it, the flaws sadly are, are a bit more visible than they would have been on previous entries, where you kind of look past them because of how much fun you're having. Uh, this one, I'm having fun, but I'm still seeing those, you know, those cracks. Um, still seeing those, you know, those those scars, and that to me kind of kind of shortens it down a little bit. Also, I think it's not it's not as, and, and I'm not going to say that the the Hammer movies always had the greatest casting because they didn't but this one to me is kind of a 50-50 split in that some of the casting in this one is absolutely genius especially if you grew up watching like um, like en- English movies and general genre movies and stuff there's a lot of great character actors in here some of the performances are a bit cringy um, even by even by the standards of the time they're not necessarily all that great so um, mostly in the
2: whorehouse, it gets really all over the top and a bit uh, excessive yeah. with the acting and yeah. they're projecting for the back row
0: it makes yeah well that's it yeah it, like it makes you wonder it makes you wonder like how that played at the time you know what I mean if you're if your regular theater goers are are you know are enjoying that because like I don't know this England was fairly reserved in the seventies <laughs> <So, laughs> um, they got a lot of their titillation from Hammer movies or Carry On movies but that's a different conversation for a different time. Some of those movies do not hold up. It's um, <laughs> oh, awkward. Humor. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'd, like I say, I'd, like I'd, another thing that I would lean into that I really enjoy, but I like, I really like the score to *Taste the Blood of Dracula*. I think it's really, really well done. The soundtrack, it, it, it kind of fits it. It's got a, a good amount of uh, dramatic um, movements in it that, that, that work for me. So and uh, yeah, I'd like. So I'm, I'm kind of like a. There's so much I like about this movie, but there's 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 you know a handful of things that I, I don't think eat it overall. So that's my thoughts. Um anything else you want to say about Taste the Blood of Dracula Court or will we get down to the nitty gritty, my friend?
2: Well, I did wanna just kind of build off of the one thing that you mentioned um earlier where you said that it's very clear that Dracula doesn't fit into this film that he just got shoehorned into later. Yeah. Uh, the ideas that were uh, the Hellfire Club that gets shown what real Hellfire is by a true acolyte of the evil darkness, mm-hmm. and then that evil darkness exacting revenge for his follower who allowed him you know, to be able to act upon Earth, and then uses the children to get his revenge... That would have worked so much better in a sort of, like, black magician brought back from the dead, or a evil magician bla- brought back from the dead, or even just a guy raises the fucking devil kinda, and gives him an avatar on Earth is what it feels like it should have been, and they just went, well, why not Dracula, because he can do that too, we've done it before.
0: It kind of almost feels like, weirdly, it feels like the movie would be better suited to, like, an Amicus Productions or something. You know what I mean? We, you'd still have access to the same pool of actors, but at least you're trying something a little bit different. And you know, when you're watching an Amicus movie, it's always the devil or the people are always dead. That's that's how every single movie ends. Well, that, yeah that Amicus series. They, to use another sports
2: metaphor, they swing for the fences and sometimes mm-hmm. they make it and sometimes they don't. But if you're just gonna enjoy the swing, that's all that matters to you.
0: A hundred percent. I couldn't have put that better myself.
2: Um, <laughs> But uh, the the thing that I wanted to bring it back to with the Dracula shoehorned in what I was trying to talk about is the later Hellraiser films, like when from four on, where (laughs) it's like, where it's like, what if Pinhead but this script? Oh hello! I've
0: I've been. uh, Why am I in this movie? I don't appear to be in this. Oh, I am in the script. Okay then, Uh, because they are like you can literally like some of the like you see some of those later Hellraiser movies. You're literally watching that. This doesn't even actually make Why would Pinhead be here? Why is he not here just now? Why is he only in the last three minutes of the movie? Oh, right. Now I get it. <laughs> essentially yes um i'm gonna say like after
2: four for sure because at least in four they went back to the original source material for the novella yeah and some of the ways that the cenobites attack people But well, we're not reviewing those movies right now we're talking about taste of Blood dracula <laughs> but that's that's the feel that i got watching it this time around where i'm like holy fuck this is a later hellraiser sequel with yeah. dracula
0: yeah yeah uh, so, yeah I, I think i think i think the fact that we know the trivia about it as well I think lends credence to that you know i mean it's a case all but the studio really wants christopher lee and now we can afford to pay him and he says he'll do it Uh, right let's change the script all right he's the evil he's the evil overlord all right we can do that um his contempt for being shoehorned (laughs) into this
2: one more time after they loaded up a dump truck full of money that he didn't think they would do just so he could get out of doing the role. And he's like, well, I can't turn down this money because it's he money.
0: What, he did what tradesmen do. Like, see, when tradesmen don't want to do a job, they overprice it. And the hopes that you say that's too expensive and they'll not do it and then like from their position it's a gamble because the, you are they either get out and not doing the thing that they don't want to do because they've overpriced it but if you do decide to pay it that money makes that job go down just a little bit better so um so, like a true person who has home improvement in the process this is true this is true next time i will Pay the man to paint the room. Um, that's 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 the model of this recording. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 let's get down to brass tacks then. Um, we need to pick a movie here. Uh, I will. I will put my position down at the moment. Surprising no one. I'm pushing Mark of the Devil. I'm pushing Mark of the Devil not because I think it is the best uh, movie that is doing the old uh, the old witch torture um, or even that necessarily. It, it holds together a better message, or even progresses the particular subgenre it's in, by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's a deeply unpleasant movie. Um, I think it, you know it has that in speeds, but to me, I think once again, I think it's a su- without necessarily tracking things back. It's a surprisingly important movie because I see more movies kinda of linked any kind of almost family tree hierarchy from Mark the Devil knowingly or unknowingly than I do necessarily a movie like Witchfinder General. Um you could argue, and like a lot of people do with bands like Black Sabbath for example, that you know they're the OG, and without them you don't get all these other bands that influence these other bands that influence these other bands that you like. So Ergo, if you listen to this new band, you must pay your dues or respects to the originator. I always think that works, but in the case of this one, I think Mark of the Devil is a surprisingly influential movie without necessarily being credited by a ton of filmmakers. That might be happenstance, um, it might just be that America was always heading that way, but I can certainly track a series of movies that come out within two years of this one that start to really lean into a lot of what this movie's doing, for better or for worse. I mean, it, d- it depends where you land. I also think I love the duo here of Herbert Lom and Udo Kier. I think they play incredible off each other, um, and I'd like uh, between both movies. I think Lom brings in the best performance overall. I think he is he is genuinely evil. Um, so there's that. There's that aspect. Um, Taste the blood of Dracula once again, much better than Count Yorga. So I'd like in a world where I could put both these movies through, both these movies would go in above uh, above Count Yorga. But Mark of the it's Devils.
2: Oh, Duncan, why don't we just yank Count oh, Yorga I down could, and but if I set, it. dude, if
0: I set that precedent now, then
2: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
0: Like I, I'll, my I'll, list I'll, of movies I'll... will be torn up for arse paper if you know what I mean. So. <laughs> Well, well, that's a summer
2: series to do the following year, where you burn everything down and start all over so the, again. The last, the last,
0: the very, the, the last, last summer series is just me picking people other voices and going through and writing the wrongs of past indiscretions. Yeah, you quantum leap your summer series. That's your next one. <laughs>
2: okay well we'll we'll really cut down to brass tacks here because i agree with everything you have to say with mark of the devil just because i can't enjoy watching it does not mean that i do not acknowledge that it was extremely influential that it was extremely controversial and what it ended up doing was making a marketing campaign template that people rode for a really long time now i'm not talking like william castle did some shit that was Above and beyond when it yes. comes to being able to market a movie mm-hmm. but what this film did relied on a really inexpensive airline style vomit bag with special <laughs> custom printing on it <laughs> and just told you that it's there to fucking make you sick and that's all it took to get butts in seats and yeah. it fucking worked yeah and people rode that wave and stole that shit like it's not just a nurse that they hired they didn't have to hire an actress to sit in the in the lobby and like in case you got sick from fright or you would die from fright here's your insurance policy yes. no this is a we're gonna make you fucking sick here's a cheap vomit bag you dumb fuck. yeah like yeah. that was that was their whole fucking thing and i have to acknowledge that definitely and what i'm pitting that against with my choice with taste the blood of dracula i have already admitted that it is Hammer in its decline. Although this is the start. Yes. This is this is the this is basically about as good slash bad as it's going to get for the Dracula series in Hammer before it really starts to drop off exponentially. Now, I love all those other films, but everyone who loves those films does have to acknowledge that by the time 1970 hits, it starts to decline from here.
0: Yeah, on those ones. I mean, you still get the flurries of you know. Um, oh, why can I not remember that movie? It's like my favorite Hammer movie. Ride with the devil, um, you know, ride with the devil. Devil's bride or devil rides out. Devil rides out, not ride with the devil. Yeah. That's but uh, Devil rides out. You know what I mean? Like you, you still get that's those movies. That's your favorite. Oh, dude, I fucking love that. Uh, there's a long, Samesies. long. Jamesy. Oh. That's my favorite Hammer film. See, <laughs> this is why I love you, Court Psyops. <laughs> this is why I love you. Like I, I was borderline obsessed with that movie as a kid. So much so that I remember getting the Whitley book as a kid and reading it and not understanding a fucking word of it um because it's all crowley magic in it it's all crowley magic all the way through it because wheatley was a friend of alistair crowley and actually did his research yeah. um yeah, yeah. yeah. see this well, we're not reviewing that movie we're trying I to wish we were code. reviewing that, movie. Can, we that movie can we just make that a 1970 movie can we go back and change
2: the um cool. quote you from like a couple minutes ago when we start bending those rules we're going to create even more chaos this is so. yeah this is true so- this Oh, so we're in agreement. Uh, Mark of the
0: Devil goes through although both films are definitely
2: better than Count Yorga what the fuck was the
0: 1970 oh, 100% buddy 100% I will one day I will pluck up the courage and go back through and find out who my co-host was there and then I will publicly shame them <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna put the blame all on them 100% 100% um, thank you very much for your participation in this year you will be back on the 5 episode we're not telling people what year it is but it will be a different year, so you'll not be doing 1975. You'll be doing one of the others, and it's all secret, and they will find super it super
2: yes. secret.
0: That's it. Appearance. That's how we do things. Um, you, however, have a podcast, a long-running podcast. Um, I mean, no it's the it's <laughs> the, it's the best show on Legion Podcast Network. I can see that i can say that Uh, buddy i can say that i just just feel bad for everybody else because you just basically put them below us and we're awful i just don't feel sorry for anyone on that network including (laughs) bo ransdell that's right bo you are a filthy (laughs) whore and you know it um (laughs) there we are shots shots fired he's in the summer series as well i'm just as mean to him there as well and let the people know where they can check out cinema science yeah, as you mentioned it's on legion
2: podcast so the easiest place to find the show legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast although you should probably subscribe to the legion patreon because then you get the pirate radio edit mm. where i get to play music that may or may not get copyright strikes anywhere else But <laughs> everybody be cool about that and don't mention that part of it
0: yeah no one don't even acknowledge it don't even enjoy it Without just, just,
2: just subscribe, and I think you can pay the lowest Patreon level and still get the Pirate Radio edit, if I'm not mistaken. Boom.
0: That, to me, sounds like a bargain. Oh, <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> Even I, I pay to be able to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I make that shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Court will be joining us on an upcoming episode. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that, ladies and gents. How I, how, uh, however, how I how i however i don't even know what that is but however i'm about to take my final break of this episode when i'm coming back i'll be recontextualizing what we just did here right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs and you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been episode 400 ladies and gents we have concluded our first episode of the summer series 2022 huge thanks to my guest court psyops go support that cinema psyops court will be back on the fives week and we're not telling you what year he is on as you can imagine i'm over the moon my pick went through so we have mark of the devil Moving forward with Count Yorga, still a little bit embarrassed about that one, and Bird with the crystal plumage sitting atop the big table of horror movies for next year's Thunder Dome. So yeah, we are going to recap at the end of each of these episodes where we land with these. But what I thought we would try is a little social experiment because I like my experiments. And what I decided to do is earlier today, I flung out a little poll on the Facebook group page simply to kind of, one, give you an idea of what movies we were going to be covering today. But also at the same time, give you, a ga- well, give you guys a chance to to vote and find it where you would land with the same kind of information. So what I did was I put both movies up, Mark of the Devil and Taste the Blood of Dracula, in the poll on the Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash cast and asked you to vote on it. And I can see that you guys, the listeners, voted in line with what we picked. 75% of the votes went for Mark of the Devil, with 25% for Taste the Blood of Dracula. So we're all in sync. Ladies and gents, moving forward. Now, tomorrow, I'll be joined with the brand new guest host. That's right, another surprise guest host joining me. And on that episode, we will be doing 1980. Now, I know what you're thinking. Duncan, I don't even know how you approach something like that. And that's a fair statement, to be honest. It's not an easy thing when you're going through each of these, trying to work out what movies to watch, what not to watch. But you hopefully as the series progresses you'll see where we were kinda of coming from, where our ideas and how we ultimately formulated the list that we had kinda of bore out. Now I can't give you the guest host because you will find out who that is tomorrow, but I can give you the two movies that are going head to head and they will appear on the Facebook group page as well. The two movies going head to head in tomorrow's episode will be Cannibal Holocaust, representing 1980, and Altered States, representing 1980. We locked in just two movies with that host to go head to head and we will see which movie wins out making its way to that big table. Once again. So yeah, Cannibal Holocaust, in all our States with the surprise guest host joining me tomorrow. Now there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Do not stop there. Subscribe to our sister feed, the Teapot's Collective, that way you get shows like where to begin with, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and Chronicle with their archives as well, all on a singular feed now that feed is going to be relatively loosey-goosey over the next 10 weeks because summer series four episodes coming a week for summer series alone which means my attention is slightly off the sister feed but i will try where possible to make sure i'm putting out some content over there to tide us through but yeah that's um those two feeds Podcast under stairs teapots collective subscribing to both legitimately is the best way you can support what i do under the stairs If you can't be bothered using podcatchers or you just want to be able to search things on the net, then visit our website. It's tputtscast.com. Links to all the shows are available there as well as a link to a special show called Gioz's Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts, a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. Over there, we get drunk. We talk about terrible life choices, which usually are afforded an opportunity to flourish when you're drunk and talking on air and uh, yeah we do weird news stories from around the globe and just in general a lot of nonsense on that Jaws Shape will be coming back within the next month so keep your eyes peeled for that because loads of life has passed us by in the last 3 or 4 months since we recorded and yeah we will catch you up uh, sweet on that recording now, if you're on Facebook and you want to interact with us over there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Please do that because, like I say, I'm posting polls every single day, letting you know what the movies on the next episode are and giving you a chance to vote on them. So you can only do that on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The t Collective is a Facebook page, slightly different URL. It's facebook.com forward slash And if you want to be very interactive posting weird news stories from around the globe then you do that in the Jaws' shite Facebook group page which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a regrettable pod. The podcast Under the Stairs is of course returning tomorrow bringing you the episode covering 1980 with one of my special surprise guest hosts one of the secret four and we will be discussing like I mentioned just a little bit earlier cannibal holocaust and altered states only one can go through to the big Table. Which one shall it be? What one do you want it to be? More importantly, Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash T cast All that's left for me to say is I hope you enjoy this year's summer series. It may not be as intricate and complex as previous seasons, but trust me, this is just laying the best groundwork for what will be an insane year next year. And as always, it's a pleasure to do this content for you all through the summer. Also, Bazoween, we've announced what we're doing over there. Get excited, it's phantasm, it's folk horror from around the world. It's gonna be amazing and it's coming your way, kicking off 1st of October, 2022. So all that's left for me to say is wherever you are, ladies and gents, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please, please, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.